Today, turn with me in your Bibles to Habakkuk in uh, chapter 3, verses 17 through 19. Um, we got the Lord's Supper. Let me give a couple announcements. You can grab your bulletin. i got to slip this in. Uh, don't forget about our fight night on the 13th right here. Uh, so if you're looking for a fight, you're in the right church. Man, that's a slogan, isn't it? Uh, no, be here. It'll be packed like it always is, so get here and get your tickets however you get them. I know you can get them online. Uh, it's going to be, a, we got a lot of fighters in this one, uh, so be there. And then the weekend after that's the men's retreat uh, for the men at, at the farm on the 20th. Uh, so you know the deal there, the word, coffee, food, and dudes. Uh, Ride for Rockies coming up August the 20th. It's hard to believe this will be, I guess, about ride number 22. No, we're starting to get this right. Uh, a lot of people are blessed by it. Rise with me and we'll pray over this message. Just And, I'm, and God's going to ask you this after the, uh, the service, or right, maybe right in the center. What is it that you want me to do for you? He's going to ask that. That's kind of what we're talking about today. So, Lord God, I pray that you bless the message and everyone gathered here today. Uh, that they receive it in thy name of Jesus. Amen. Make some noise one more time for the Lord. Amen. Sit down. All right. Out of Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 17 through 19. I'm just going to kind of roll through it. We got the Lord's Supper. Got a lot going on. Uh, and we'll bring the lights down just to fuzz just for the mood. So here we go. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor the fruit tree be on vines, the produce of the olive fail... And the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. And I'm going to pause there, and we're going to bring the, the, the next two verses in in just a second. Your life may feel like this or actually look like this. So all through the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, everything is relatable through agriculture. That's the, the whole Bible is agriculture. It's, it's what they did for work. It's what they did for money. Uh, it's what they talked about. It's the weather that they watched, all this kind of stuff. So this prophet here, Habakkuk, is not only a prophet, we also know that he's a, he's a singer, a temple singer, um, and, and you'll find that out as we finish this. So I want you to be thinking about this part of your life um, as we get ready to, to discuss this. Maybe there's no fig trees, or maybe there's no blossom on your fig trees today. Maybe there's no fruit on your vines and I wanted to tell you this, Chuck, I become an organic gardener. It's official. I'm an organic gardener. Are you guys happy about that? Finally, I'm there. I've, I've crossed over into organic. I'm not sure what that means, but I'm there. I, I got to tell you about all of my woes in my gardening. I, if only, we finally planted the seed yesterday. Uh, so my friend tells me he's an organic gardener, and he says, don't dig down, build up. So you, you build the raised beds, and you... Put the chicken wire down so the gophers can't dig through it. Then you put the mesh down so the weeds don't grow up. And then you put the compost and you put the topsoil on top. All kinds of stuff going on here. I'm a busy guy. Uh, and then me and my wife, so we do it as a, does anybody here do husband and wife projects together? Boy, they're just a humdinger, aren't they? It's like, it's like a boat ramp. It's like a boat. If you want the best stories in the world, go to a boat ramp and watch the wife back the guy down in the. Oh yeah. Um, we're we're gonna something's gonna happen. Amen. Um, 
I always relate things to the boat because we've, we've done the boating thing. It's, it's wonderful. And so is gardening. So we get done. We got it all in there. And we're always in a hurry. We got to get to church. So we're doing some other things. And so I, as a guy, I don't read the back of the packet of the seat. You don't need to. The spacing is done manually. And, and it's like, a, you know, quarter inch down, 18 inches apart. I'm like, oh, yeah, right. And so she's telling me, and not only is she telling me how to do it, where to place the seat, she draws up a diagram that she can keep inside the house so she knows where everything is. I don't do that. But she'll do it if you live at my house. So after we go through all this and we finally get it planted, then if you don't put chicken wire around it, it ain't going to be there for 10 minutes. Because, I mean, you all know where I live. I live down the street, and my house backs up to 400 acres. And there's deer and everything. So we do that. And, and there's a couple of the, you know, hey, you better hurry up kind of attitude. Um, and if I go through all this and it doesn't produce a crop, can I still praise the Lord? Well, it's not your garden, is it? <laughs> I had to say that. I don't know. Man, I'm just, I'm, rela- I'm going back 2,600 years. He's talking about my garden. That's what he's talking about here. So, uh, Jackie, if you can bring them lights down, just a fuzz here. I want to I make a point here. He says, so the fig tree's not producing any blossoms. The, the fruit on the vine or Pastor Pat's garden isn't producing anything after all that I've done there. Can I still praise the Lord? Okay. He said, the fields yield no food? If you're talking about my farm, you've seen that I planted seed everywhere, you know, for this hay crop. And, I, and I'll be real honest with you. I, I, I got out there real quick and wanted to see if I seen any new growth out there. Because that's important. If you plant seed, you want growth. The, fee, the flock be cut from the field and there be no herd in the stalls. So if you go out to my farm and there's no cows and there's no dogs and there's no horses, that's a problem. They've gone somewhere. Can I still praise God? Here's what he says, 18 and 19. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. So whatever's going on in your life, maybe it isn't relatable to agriculture, but somewhere in there you've had a deal. Say that with me, a deal. A deal. Say it again. I've had a deal in my life, a deal. And it's the bills, and it's the rent, and it's the the doctor's appointments, and all that. Man, I'll be real honest with you. I'm not. I, I don't like appointments. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord, and I will take joy in the God of my salvation. Wow. Oh, there's one more. It says, "God, the Lord is my strength." So why, why do we do all the things that we do? I think we just do these things because we're empowered by the Holy Spirit. And these are just things he's asked us to do. Amen? And sometimes it's best if we don't complain too much. You know, because I'll tell you what. Usually, you know, never mind. 
usually when we're in these, me and my wife sometimes, we never argue. We have intense fellowship when we're doing things. Just being real honest with you, man. I'm like, you know, Vicki, you don't need to keep a diagram. She goes, oh, yeah, I do, because you'll forget where it's at. <laughs> and she's right. I would. I would have no idea. I'm like, I don't know. That looks like asparagus. I don't know. <laughs> and it's a watermelon. <laughs> we planted them. So. The Lord's my strength. So even through the projects and the family projects and the family deals and the marriages and the kids and all the stuff, you got, you got to be everywhere. Especially in the summer. How do we stay close to God? The Lord is my strength. He makes my fear like, uh, feet like the deer's. And he makes me tread on my high places. And it says to the choir master with stringed instruments. So regardless of what's going on in this gentleman's life. This, this prophet here, Habakkuk. He's still able to not only praise the Lord. But also sing his praises. And I think that's where we need to be here today. So let's pray on that note, and we'll take up the offering. And if there's something, I did this in the last service. If there's something that you need to take to the Lord today and you want us to pray about, write it there on your envelope or write it on a card. You don't even have to write it on an envelope. And just go, man, I need you to help me pray through this thing. I, I need to see God in this. I need, to, I need to stay close to the Lord. So, Father God, for the prayer, the offering, whatever gets thrown into the basket, we pray that you bless it. Um, and we pray, Lord God, that you... You find it pleasing, and Lord God, the prayers that get thrown into the basket, uh, Lord, we, we pray that the dreams really do come true and the miracles that they're praying for today. Uh, and we pray all this in the mighty name of, of Christ, amen. amen. So applaud him again, let it be picked up, and turn with me into the book of Luke, 18th chapter, talking about blind Bartimaeus. And yes, you can read it out of the book of Mark in the 10th chapter, and why did I pick it out of Luke? I have no idea, it's just, it's cool. I'm actually a Mark fan, but I'm in Luke today, so it's all good. Luke 18.35. Uh, and we got, a, we got a video. It's only a minute and 45 seconds. We've got the Lord's table set. Oh, my gosh, we've got a lot going on. Let's read it. Here we go. As he drew near to Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging, and hearing a crowd going by, he inquired what this meant. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And he cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And those who were in front of him rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and commanded him to be brought to him. And when he came near, he asked him, What do you want me to do for you? And he said, Lord, let me recover my sight. This, this, should, be, this should be the turning point in your life today because we're going to talk about that. God's going to ask you what it is that you need or what is it that you want him to do. And you need to have an answer today. Amen? No more fumbling around. Let's think about that and meditate on that for a little bit. Jesus said, recover your sight. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, uh, and all the people, and when they saw it, they gave praise to God. So this is the word of the Lord. Amen. Let's roll that video. Oh, 
Hey, what's happening? What's going on? He says of Nazareth. He's passing by. Oh. Jesus! Oh. Jesus! Son of David, have mercy on me! What do you want me to do for you? I want to see you again. Then see. Your faith has made you well. I can see. Amen. I can see. I can see. Um, we can turn the lights back up. Uh, God's in the miracle business. Um, the, the video that is there shows you that there isn't a miracle that God can't do. Amen? We're waiting for the lights to go up. All right. Don't take your sight for granted. Don't take breathing for granted. Is the church here today? Um, my wife was telling me a story of a, of a gentleman who had an autoimmune disease, and he wasn't able to breathe on his own. If some of you guys have been through COVID, you kind of understand the, the breathing issue and, and that, and it's... it's He's, this guy said, uh, he said, I never realized how important uh, all these wonderful miracles are that God has given us. Uh, and he said, I was on a, he was on a breathing machine of some sorts that he wasn't able to breathe on his own. He said, and, the, and this breathing machine was breathing for him. He said, I could, I could feel the, the, the power of the oxygen being forced in my lungs. And he said, every time it would come in, it would burn. Because my lungs were so underdeveloped that it would force oxygen into my lungs. And every, t every breath, you could feel the pain of the oxygen coming in and then it being released. He said, I never knew how blessed I was by being able to do this simple thing on my own. And he said, then after God healed him, he said he would wake up every morning and thank God for every breath that he took. Amen. Uh, but I don't want you to have to go through a, a serious crisis to understand the healing power of God. And I believe that God is asking this congregation today and everyone who's watching uh, at home this question, what is it you want me to do for you? And I don't, I don't know what that is, but, but you'll, you'll need to give him an answer today before you leave here. And don't be fumbling around for it. Each person has a different thing going on in their life. And they can all relate to blind Bartimaeus. Amen. It says, that, let's go back to 35. He says, he drew near to Jericho. A blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. And you've seen people sitting by the roadside on your way to church. 
not everybody who holds up a sign uh, asking for money is genuine. Sometimes they hop in their cars and they go and, and all that. that, and, that you know, and, and that may make you mad, but that, that ain't your deal. That ain't your deal. If you want to give to somebody, give to somebody. And, and, and don't worry about what they do with the money. I think so many times we're worried about what they're going to do with your money. Here's the deal. It ain't your money, first of all. And if you decide to give it to them, it's because God might be testing you to find out if you're faithful in these areas. And I believe that some of these people that are put there are angels. You need to read your Bible a little more. You would have said amen. And God, God's testing his people to find out if they want to be obedient. Um. So this beggar, he's sitting by the roadside anyways, and you can see obviously through the movie that he's extremely needy. And hearing a crowd go by, he inquired what this meant. So just because you're physically blind don't mean you don't know what's going on around you. Quite honestly, you know, I, I know some, a few blind people, one in particular, his senses were so very heightened. He couldn't see, but man, he could hear what you were saying across the room. Amen? I mean, just like, just amazing hearing. And I believe that this man not only had great hearing, but I, I believe that he understood about this Savior named Jesus. And we know that because he calls him the son of David. And, and I don't know, maybe, let's think about this. Close your eyes for a second. Maybe, watch this, maybe he was at home or wherever he had home and he was praying one day if Jesus would ever pass by, I would know exactly what it is I wanted him to do for me. Maybe he was praying that for years. Maybe you've been praying that for years. Every one of you guys has been praying that for years. If Jesus shows up at church, I'm going to ask him for this. Today's the day. Today's the day Jesus shows up. And we need, and we need, to, be, we need to be ready at this service to give him that answer, what it is I want him to do for me in my life. And here's what I believe. Christians need to quit waiting for the sweet by and by and start living now like they're filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen? Can I get a witness in his house? Elbow your neighbor and say, wake up, Jack. You don't want to miss this. So hearing the, hearing the crowd going by, he inquired what this meant. And I think we always... Do you ever, are you the kind of person where you hear something outside, you want to jump up and look out the window? I mean, I, girl, girls probably more than guys, because guys are like, man, I, I, don't, I don't care what it is out there. I think the dog ran off. Well, I, I don't know. I don't hear the dog anymore, or whatever, one of those things. Was that some, was that, did somebody knock on the door? And I'm like, I don't know, I don't see anybody. It's hard to see people from your recliner, I'll be honest. <laughs> Girls are always afraid that somebody's outside. He's outside. Amen? Listen to what's going on here. And the crowd going by, in um, the crowd going by, he inquired what this meant. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And he cried out, Jesus, son of David. Say that with me. Jesus. Just a little bit louder so somebody can hear you. Man, I gotta get you gotta get used to being able to sing it. 
And, and I got to be honest with you, I did this before I came out of my office in the, in the first service. I was, I just kind of talking to him, Chris, about some of the things I really wanted him to help me with. And, and I think we need to do this with pinpoint accuracy today. Some of the stuff that you've been struggling with, we need to struggle no more today after today's service. Amen? You know, we just come to him and tell him what we need. So here it is. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And those who were in front of him rebuked him, telling him to be silent. Remember that, how they were, he, the Lord was going in on, on Palm Sunday, and the people were shouting out, and the Pharisees were telling him to be quiet. Well, your friends don't have to be a Pharisees uh, to tell you to be quiet. They just want you to be quiet because they don't, they don't want to be embarrassed. Amen? Sometimes you embarrass your friends. So, well, I'll say it this way. Sometimes your aunt embarrasses you. Or your dad. Or your mom. I told you, your mom showed up with curlers in her hair to the PTA meeting. <laughs> Do you remember the scarf? Oh, the scarf held the curlers in. Does anybody remember pink bobby pins? Amen. That, that, you know, my mom, I was not a good student. I don't know if you know this or not. But the threat of my mom showing up and sitting in class with me. Oh, that was the worst. You actually could be kicked out of the cool club if your mom shows up with curlers in her hair, with scarf. Uh, and this is back probably when you could smoke inside the building. I don't know. Well, my mom surely would have, I'll guarantee it. And house slippers. Amen. That's a serious situation right there. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And those who were in front rebuked him, telling him to be silent, but he cried out all the more. So I wonder why these friends that have passed the blind beggar by are now all of a sudden wanting to keep him quiet when he's trying to, to get up on the come up. Why do your friends want to keep you down when you're trying to get a new job? Why do they try to keep you down when you want to get a new house or a new car or a new truck? And then if you do get it without their permission, quote, unquote, they always have to say, oh, I bet he can't pay for it. Say that with me. I bet he can't pay for it. Who are you to worry about if somebody can pay for it or not? Just say this with me. It ain't mine. Sometimes, sometimes when somebody's trying to come up, they need to make a little noise because they've been quiet for a long time. So if Jesus is coming by your way, you might have to make a little noise today. All right, I'll get into the deep end of the pool. Here we go. So he cried out all the more. Now just remember, his friends are trying to keep him down. He says, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped. He froze. And what makes Jesus freeze? Your faith. Amen. That's what makes Jesus freeze is your faith. So today, if your faith is a little weak, let's pray for that right now that it gets filled up. Just, just pray with me. Father God, if our tank's a little empty, I pray that you fill it up through the power of the Holy Spirit right now, Lord God, that we'd be faith-filled giants today in this service. We pray all this in his name. Amen.
Now let's move on. I want you to be bold when it comes time to do this. So Jesus stopped and commanded him to be brought to him. And when he came near, he asked him, here he is, he's asking you too, what do you want me to do for you? And you just pause for just a second, close your eyes, and you plug that in. You don't have to say it out loud, just whatever that is. And, and, and if you're done saying it, just raise your hand. Just say, yeah, I've said it. I, I need him to help me with my, with my family and my marriage and my job and whatever. Relationship. Sure, we got relationship issues. Just put them back down. Just, I need you to help me with this. I need, to, I need to be honest. And what happens if we never make a move? Then you probably never be healed of whatever it is you're going through. This is where we need to make a little noise today. And we need to let Jesus know we need to be heard. We need some help. What do you want me to do for you? And he said, Lord, let me recover my sight. So I was thinking about this, and I wanted to take you back to a scripture that the Lord brought to my heart. And I'll share it with you. It comes from Isaiah chapter 55. Uh, and I'll start, in verse, I'll start in verse 6. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Do you believe that the Lord is near today? I think he's close. For two or more gathered in my name, there I will be. Amen. So he's right here in our midst. Let the wicked forsake his ways and the righteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God, for he, abundantly, uh, he will abundantly pardon. And I want to tell you what a pardon means. That means getting off even though you're guilty. And I, I'm not going to get into all that today, but I could. Some of you guys have, have been, been in trouble before, and you went before the judge. You went before the judge, and, and sometimes you ended up doing time or you got a fine, and then every once in a while, the judge would let you off, and he would pardon you, and he would say something like, Mr. Rankin, I don't want to see you in my courtroom again. You've been pardoned. And the only way that you won't be found guilty of your sins is if Jesus pardons you from that sin that's counted against you. Amen. See, on this side of eternity, he's your lawyer. But when you get on the other side of eternity, he becomes your judge. And that, that's, that's real business right there. Amen. Uh, he said, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways, declares the Lord. For as heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Amen. I can't figure out the mind of God. Nor should I be able to. I told the church before, I said, I can't even really truly figure out how to operate my phone correctly. Can I just tell you a story? I know you want it. Just ask me and I'll give it to you. Well, if you're going to drag it out of me, I'll give it to you. So I had to go to court. I was down there doing some business down at the courthouse. And uh, so I'm in there, and I checked in. And in going, it's always, it always makes you a little nervous, Dave, going to Clayton, because you're not sure where to park or how early do I need to be. I actually got there so early, the lady laughed at me. When you get older, you show up. To, my dad will show up two or three hours before something happens. Well, Dad, be at church. At, you know, what time's the event? I always tell my dad it's 7 o'clock tonight. He'll be here at 5. Worse, everybody, I go, it ain't for two hours, Pop. I'm that guy now. I'm that guy now. Somebody needs a clap for that. Oh, Mrs. Cope, you wouldn't believe it. So I'm going all over the place. I'm on first floor, second floor, third floor down there. I'm down at the county court, you know, and this whole thing. 
And I go, and, and, and the one lady looks at me, she laughs, she goes, you're in the wrong place and you're, in a, you're an hour and a half too early. I was like, okay. But anyways, back to the parking. I got to tell you this, back to the parking. So you're not sure how you time it because you can't park at a meter longer than two hours. In order to get two hours, you got to have $3 worth of quarters. I'm doing math in my head. I'm sitting here. And when you pull up, the, there's already a little bit of time on there. And you don't you ever feel like you're guilty because like you didn't pay for the first 24 minutes? I actually did. I pulled out and parked at another spot. You're a little hyper-religious, Pastor Pat. <laughs> Let me get to the story. I don't know why I'm telling you all this anyways. So I, I get there, and obviously I know that I'm not going to be out of court by the time the, the meter goes. So the meter's going to go just, you know, oh, you, there's a big fat ticket. So then Pastor Aaron goes, I got a remedy for it. I was down there before, and you can get an app on your phone. Did you know that you can get an app on your phone? Oh, it's easy. You can get an app on your phone to pay the meter, senior, and you can be in court and pay it. If it goes, if it expires, you just hit the app. Beep, it just pays it, and you just go on. Well, when Aaron told me this, he said, just put it on your phone. I'm like, oh, yeah, right. <laughs> it's a true story. So I'm down there. I'm running out of options. I'm starting to panic. I'm doing math. I'm going, there's no way I'm going to get back here and be able to feed this meter when you're on the third floor and all that. And I'm already checked in. Uh, so I go, I'm going for it. For all the gray-haired people, just do that. Just go, I'm going for it. Say that with me. I'm just, I'm getting bold. I'm going to push some buttons here that I've never pushed. Oh, I'm pulling out my credit card, and I'm just going boom, 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 and it just denies me. Just like, I mean, like, you're, you're dumb big time, like in red, red letter, uh-uh, you're dumb. I'm just, I'm going for it, Miss Rubel. I'm going, I'm going Tech City. So I do it one more time. It only gives you, like, two times, and they're shutting your phone and your card, everything's off. Beep, beep, beep. I'm getting ready to get arrested. You hit something. So after the second time, it just shuts the whole thing down. I don't know what I'm doing. So I'm up there, and then it, so it asked me, go, well, what would you do? How would you make? I, I call Pastor, and I go, you need to come down and feed the meter for me. <laughs> True story. So I'll applaud, and I'll take a drink of my coffee. You don't want me to be in charge of eternity. That's what associates are for. Feed the meter. I don't know. What, what else am I going to do? It actually saved my hide because the guy was out there handing out tickets. So I made it. Amen. So you don't want me in charge of eternity is what the point was. Oh, I really showed myself, Siri, on this deal. Uh, Jesus stopped and commanded him, and he brought him. And he, said, he asked him, what do you want me to do for you? And he said, Lord, let me recover my sight. And I thought about this when I was putting this message together, and I go, God, what are you saying here? He goes, man, he goes, well, I'm trying to tell you guys, especially you, Pastor Pat, or my thoughts and my ways are way higher than yours. I know how to do the app. I know how to do all this stuff. And I can fix your problem even if you screwed it up beyond recognition. And let's be honest. Let's, you can applaud because I know some of you guys are a mess. Uh, so rise up and I'll, we got Lord's Supper. I want to read one more verse and I'll 
I don't know if Miss Carol's coming up or who's coming up. Uh, watch what it says immediately. He says, and immediately he recovered his sight and followed him, glorifying God and all the people. And when he saw it, he gave praise to God. Do you know what immediate is? Do this with me. That's it, man. It happens that quick. So we've seen in the movie that he, he gave him sight and he could see again and all this is going on. That's how quick he can save you and that's how quick he can pardon you. Just that quick. And, and you know, when you're in court, your fate is in the hands of the judge that's sitting up there at the bench. Woo! That's a lot of power. That's a, I, I didn't realize the power of a judge. I didn't realize that. And he's just sitting down right, Wes is just sitting down there right there, man. And Melanie, it all goes past his bench. Everything that goes, it all goes past his bench. Everybody that's in the courtroom, all the lawyers, all the people, the defendants and the plaintiffs, they all go past his bench. They're waiting for judgment, good or bad. Some of the people that are in there are waiting for a pardon. Now you can bring the house lights down now, Jen. You know what a pardon is? Scrimmage letting you off. Oh, I got to talk to somebody that goes to this church that knows what I, what, I, what I mean about being pardoned. Some of you cats in here, you know. They, Whoa, Lord Jesus! I'm going to be here for a minute. If they was to look in your past, they go, this is enough to lock you up for life. And I, if, if anybody's here that even understands that a little bit, I want you to come down and meet. Because this is where I live. We're going to all drink the truth serum today. Who can pardon you of that stuff? Your mom, your dad, they can't pardon you from that stuff that you've been all up in. Well, maybe Pastor Aaron or Pastor Mark or Pastor Jay could pardon us from all this stuff or Pastor Pat. I can't, man. I'd love to. I looked, I looked at pardons all different when I was in that courtroom. And they're all there waiting for, for the judge to say whatever it is he's going to say. And it's, and it's kind of, it's all, watch this, Dave. It's almost electric. It's almost electric. You go, what is he going to say? The fate of my life is in the hands of this man. The fate of eternity lies in the hands of Jesus Christ. Man, now you talk about powerful. You know, the greatest one of the greatest feelings about going to court is when you can push the number ground floor number one on the elevator JD and then you walk right out as a free man that's just you know I was just there for business but when you when when the elevator comes down and you come off the third floor and you get down to floor number one if somebody is here and knows how what the floors are like when you get down to floor number one you're like man I'm getting out of here I'm getting out of here. Just say free. 
and it it smells like it. I was like, oh yeah, man, I'm free. And I wasn't even on trial. But I like the way it feels being free. And I'm only, only free. Only free because of Christ. Amen. I promise you that. So I'm going to pray for you, and then Pastor Mark's getting ready to do the Lord's Supper. Don't leave to, if you're a believer, you need to partake in the Lord's Supper. I, I truly want you to, to understand that you, you don't have to keep waiting to fix your life. A friend pulled me aside before boxing on Thursday night, and here's what they said to me. They said, we're so glad you got your church opened and, and you accept all people. Something like that. I said, man, if they accepted me, accepting the rest of all you, that's easy work. Isn't that cool to be in a, in a house of the Lord where people are kind to each other regardless of the backgrounds that they have? I'm just so glad to be here when I come in these doors. I'm just like, man, I'm, I'm home. I'm I look around, I'm like, man, I could, I could do church with these people. So I'm going to pray for you. And just kind of pretend like Jesus is here. I believe he is. And he's going to ask you, what do you want me to do for you? And you just kind of say that in your spirit. You don't have to voice it out if you don't want. But I, I believe you ought to say something. I mean, I'll just be honest with you. I, I think he's here. You go, well, Pastor Pat, how many opportunities do you think I'll get? Could I be here like next week and try it again? I don't know. I don't know if you'll be here next week. I have no idea. I don't even know if I'll be here next week. But I know one thing right now. I'm living for Jesus today. I'm, I don't wait around. I don't mess around, senior. I just, I am just ate up with the love of Jesus Christ, and I'm just sharing it. Aren't you being, don't you like being real, being authentic? We're going to get just real. So, Father God, I want to pray for my brothers and sisters. Every one of them. They all got some kind of deal. I don't know what it is. Big, little, short, tall, relational. We're so glad to be in this house here. It's, a, it's comfortable. Everyone's welcome. And everyone can be redeemed. So, dear Jesus, we put our life in your hands and asking you to pardon us from the sin that we're guilty of. And Lord, my prayer is that you buried in the sea of forgiveness where it won't be brought up anymore. Oh, church, you ought to be glad for that. And then receive the love of Jesus today. And all God's people said amen.